Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vodacy Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and I'm super excited to be back in action with you guys again this week. I've taken a couple weeks off. We've had a lot of things going on. I apologize. I've just been going crazy. We've been we've been planning Vodacy Live, our new live event. We launched it to our group. We've been filling up spaces. Um, I was also a guest on another podcast, and I hope you had a chance to listen to that. If you didn't see it, it was on uh, Jeff Lerner's A Millionaire Secrets podcast. You can go look up Jeff Lerner and Millionaire Secrets, and it was a, a great conversation. He he speaks a lot to entrepreneurs that are building businesses, and asked me to come. Um, be a, a guest on his podcast. It was an honor. We had a great conversation about building Vodacy and some of the things we've done in our real estate business. But also the conversation really started to talk. We, we rolled it to a lot about marketing and how to stand out in these crowded markets that we're seeing in the short-term vacation rental space that is so popular right now and obviously is the, the lane that we operate in. And we had a great conversation there. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I'd love you to go listen to it. He does a great job on his podcast. I love all of his episodes and uh, we were fortunate to be invited as a guest and had a great conversation and so today we're going to get back in action and we're going to talk a little bit about and some sometimes I feel like I'm beating a dead horse but we're going to talk a little bit about the number one question I continue to get and so I think it's important to continue to talk about it and that is should I wait until the market slows down? These markets are uber hot right now and inventory levels are super low. Prices are going up like crazy. See, it seems like we blink and overnight prices are going up. And so I get that question all the time. I can tell you, none of us know what the market's doing. And I've talked to you about this in previous episodes that I do believe the market is irrelevant when you're talking about long-term real estate. We're gonna talk about a few other things when it comes to that today. I can tell you, my position and what we're doing is we're purchasing right now. I've got properties under contract right now. I'm actually flying out to Florida tomorrow to look at some more properties. And so I can tell you right now, we believe it's a great time to be buying. And, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. You guys, real estate is really simple economics. You told me, you heard me tell you this before and talk to you about this before, but real estate really comes down to supply and demand. And right now, we are seeing really low inventory levels, really low supply, and really high demand. And when you have a low supply and high demand, prices are going to be going up. And inventory levels don't typically catch up overnight, right? Back in 2006 and seven, when things were going crazy in real estate, nobody was really thinking about a market crash. That wasn't really on the, t on the top of our minds because we hadn't gone through one in, in a recent times that was, you know, we, we've had some ups and downs in real estate, obviously, but that was fundamentally a real estate crash back then. And so now everybody's wondering when is the next bubble going to burst? Now, markets are always going to go up and they're always going to go down. Markets will shift. I'm not saying that's always going to go up, but I do believe strongly that there's a lot of different factors that are going to continue to fuel this market. Demand is through the roof right now. I don't see that going in uh, away. And the demand is fundamental 
you know, solid, regular demand. Back then, back in when our last market crashed, there was a lot of speculation and there was a lot of people that were buying to just flip houses. They were buying to resale, buying to resale. Lots of builders were building tons of spec homes, tons of inventory. So that inventory that we just talked about, right? Supply, there was a flood of supply of homes on the market. Well, when those that supply started to hit, prices started to slide and people weren't buying because they wanted to live in them. They, were, they weren't buying because they were gonna use these homes they were buying because they were going to buy them and sell them. Well, as soon as they started to see a hiccup in the in the prices or leveling off of the prices, it just supply went up, demand started going down really, really fast, and we saw this slide. And even during that slide, though, the people who were in it for the long term, they're fine. They were okay. Properties, that's why I always say invest in properties that cash flow because you can cash flow through different markets. You know, because because the market starts to slide, you're still gonna cash flow your property. Now, I don't believe that's going to be coming anytime soon. I think there's still quite a bit of upside because right now we're seeing demand coming from a lot of different angles. And COVID, this last year, was a multi-trillion dollar advertising campaign for people to buy properties in nice areas. You're, we're seeing this you know, this enormous shift in actually the fundamentals of how people are working anymore. There's big corporations that are allowing their their employees to work remotely and work in different areas, and they don't have to be in these major metropolitan areas. We're seeing a lot of people moving out of major metropolitan areas, moving to a lot of these destination markets that we that we are purchasing uh, vacation rentals in. So we've got a huge demand for properties, even from just the primary residence side. A lot of these markets are becoming more and more primary resident markets as well as vacation destination markets. And so, and then obviously we've seen this huge spike in demand in short-term rentals and vacation properties and that, you know, the investments that we love so much. And because of that, there's there's a lot of different reasons and things that are pointing in the direction that the demand is not going to go away anytime soon. And, and when it does, it will start to slow, right? It's not gonna shut down overnight. And inventory doesn't catch up overnight. As you know, it's not like all of a sudden we're going to catch up and have six months of inventory, which is historically what they say is kind of a neutral market, right? Most markets are less than a month of inventory on the market. And they say we have to have six months of inventory before we even kind of have a neutral market. More than six months of inventory starts to become a buyer's market. And so when when you're in it for the long term, though, you're buying through all of these market cycles. You make adjustments based on the market. Right. Uh, there's a there's a quote that uh, I was talking on the phone with somebody today, just barely today. And we were talking. He brought out a quote that I thought was brilliant. And it's kind of this point in the And I don't remember who said it. He was telling me about it, but he said it was a quote from somebody else. And so I apologize. I tried to look it up before. I couldn't find out who the, the originator of this quote was, but it's brilliant. And the guy said, I've always overpaid for real estate, but time has made me a very wealthy man. And that is exactly the point that, that we make with long-term real estate investing is time's going to be the great equalizer one way or the other. And, and he doesn't, his point is I'm not, I don't care if I overpay because I know I'm not going to sell it tomorrow. And not that you're overpaying right now. And I never tell people to buy based on speculation, but the fact of the matter is these markets are so hot right now. I have countless, countless stories that I could tell you. And I actually, I'm very careful not to tell you those stories. And maybe it hurts me a little bit. Maybe it hurts me because a lot of, 
a lot of people say, um, I, I, some of these success stories, like I don't go on there and tell you how many properties I have and how many properties we bought over the years and how much money we're making or our members are making because I don't want to set those expectations that that's the whole reason you do this. There's a lot of reasons we love these types of properties. One is financial independence, but also people are making so much money on their properties right now that I, I feel like it's setting you up for the wrong the, the wrong expectation. You should be wanting to get into this game because fundamentally it fits into your long-term plan, not so that you can take advantage of speculation and buy a property and, and know that three months later you're going to make a lot of money. But that is the reality of what's happening right now. One of my members purchased a property. He was into it for $800,000, bought it just over a year ago, bought it uh, last March. And it's April right now, so he's had it just over a year. Just got offered 1.3 million, and the property made him over a hundred thousand dollars in his pocket from rents this last year. He he didn't sell it. Um, he's going to keep it because it's going to produce probably two hundred thousand dollars this next year as he gets it ramped up. And so he's got this amazing property that cash flows, but is gaining some significant equity. But what he's able to do is he's able to tap into some of that equity and go and purchase another property. And he did the exact same thing. He bought another property about four months ago, just uh, purchased it, did a little bit of rehab on it, put it like small rehab, like thirty, forty thousand dollars purchased it for around that $600,000 mark. He just got it reappraised for 900,000. So you can see how this can really quickly snowball into a pretty significant financial investment. Well, guess what guys? There were people a year ago that were saying, hey man, these markets are so hot, the prices are so high. I mean, I've been listening to for three or four years now that prices are so high, the bubble's about to burst. We keep saying, you know, the bubble is going, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I don't know that I like the term the bubble bursting because the bubble doesn't just burst and everybody loses the same amount of money across markets. Some markets fare a lot better than others. I particularly believe the markets that we look at the, based on how we run our projections and how we decide on the locations we invest in, we feel like those markets are going to fare a lot better, but that's just, that's just how we do our, how we do our uh, um, analysis and what we're looking at. But I do believe that when things start to slow down, we're still going to be in a great shape because I actually owned a property, a vacation rental. You, many of you heard, I owned a vacation rental in 2006. Many of you also know that I lost everything in 2009. I lost my house. I lost my vehicle. I lost everything. Had nothing to do with the real estate markets. Had to do with some um, some other things that we were doing in the, the company that we worked for immediately got shut down. But guess what? I lost all of that stuff during the Great Recession and I owned a vacation home and it still paid for itself and we did not lose the vacation home because we were able to weather the storm of the market crashing, but we were making money. It was my only asset that actually made me money at that time. And so it, these, these assets will weather the storm. And so you want to invest for the long term. And really the timing of your acquisition is largely irrelevant. It can, it can really add fuel to the fire like it is for a lot of people right now. It can help you, you know, really run down that road a little bit faster. Even though you're paying a little bit more, you're also gaining more really, really quickly right now. And so that, that is going to slow at some point, and that's okay because that's not, the, that's not the fundamental reason we're investing. We're investing to have a cash flow producing property for the long term. And so the timing of that acquisition is really quite irrelevant. You know, we have another member that was just on our Q&A call today, and we were talking about 
They just bought a property. Um, they bought a condo about two months ago, barely two months ago, a lower price property. And the, this property is in that $250,000 range, purchased the property and their next door neighbor's condo just sold for 320. And so they, they've got, and it's, it's a condo complex, all the units are essentially the same. And so you, you've got, I mean, they've got a really great comp that, okay, we just gained some significant equity overnight. And that is, that is what is happening right now in these markets. And you can take advantage of that. So sure, are markets hot? Yes, they are. Are they, are they the prices higher than we've seen in a long time? Yes, they are. But I guess what? You're, if you're worried about the prices being high right now, you're going to be waiting a while before you're going to be purchasing because the, the, the demand is far exceeding supply right now and that does not catch up overnight. So you might, if this is the game you want to play in, get in the game. Figure out what you want to do to be in the game. And be careful of who you're taking advice from, right? There are a lot of people jumping into these markets. In fact, every market we go into, I hear there's so there's so much cash in the markets. I'm competing with cash uh, buyers all day, every day. And that's okay. If you're, if you're not a cash buyer, we can teach you how to compete in that market. You can compete against cash buyers. The point of this is though, there are a lot of people with a lot of money who think that now is the time to invest. And there are a lot of people who don't invest that are sitting on the sidelines telling people why they shouldn't invest. And if you've noticed what's happening in America right now, which is kind of a sad thing, honestly, because you know our middle class has, has always been the kind of what drives America, but the gap between the haves and the have-nots is widening significantly. If you're closer to the gap or closer to the edge of the haves and you could take advantage of that and you don't, you're going to start slipping into the have-nots or in that middle ground because, and, and depending on who you're taking advice from, right? I say be careful who you take advice from and, and be coachable for the people that actually are doing it. And if the, if somebody is doing something that you want to achieve and has has achieved things that you want to achieve, listen to them, right? That we are... We are so fortunate right now. I remember growing up, you had to go to the bookstores. You had to, you had one guy by the name of Tony Robbins that was really the main guy that, I mean, I don't know how many multimillionaires and business owners and everything else that one man is responsible for. Because back in the day, you had to go to the bookstores and you had some late night TV. You didn't have the internet where everybody had access to all this information. There wasn't podcasts around. Nobody could go listen to somebody like me talk. And, you know, you'd have to, you, you went to Tony Robbins and you listened to Tony Robbins, right? And there was a few others that had books out and we'd go to go listen to those books. And so, you, but we had to learn from these people that we didn't even, you know, they're these kind of almost mythical creatures, but we had to trust that they knew what they were doing. I remember when I was younger, I had a basketball coach and I was never the best basketball player on, you know, the, when I was growing up on all the teams I would progress through. But what I would do is I'd, I, I remember going and having this, you know, being coached by this one basketball player. And I ran into him just recently and he came and told me, he said, Sean, uh, the one thing I always remember from you is you were the most coachable player that I've ever had. You, when I told you to do something, you just you worked on it, you tried it, and it worked. And that's what made me a good basketball player. It wasn't because I had this natural ability. It's because I had good coaches who told me what to do, and I would go implement it. And and he told me early on how coachable I was and you know when I was playing, and I kind of identified with being coachable, right? He tagged me as a coachable player. He would use me as an example of somebody that would do what he said to do. And and I kind of wore that as a badge of honor. I would, I would, you know, I, I identified with being coachable. 
And I've taken that through my whole life. And I took that skill through many different things. You guys who know my story, well, you know, my very first property that we ever bought, my first um, investment property, I hired a guy by the name of Peter Conti. I went to the bookstore, found Peter in Denver, went to a seminar and went line by line through his book and bought a property. Then if you remember, I didn't know what to do with it because I didn't, I didn't even go through the whole book. I just said, it said, do this. I went and did it. It said, do this next. I went and did it. And I went step one, two, three, bought a property. Oh crap. I can't buy it. What do I do now? You guys remember the story I ended up wholesaling it. And that was my beginning into real estate. And then progressing through real estate and figuring out different different avenues and lanes. George, when that um, you've heard me talk about George, the old guy that I met at the Real Estate Investment Club that really hurt my feelings and told me I wasn't a real estate investor. Put his arm around me because I was running this fix and flip business, but I didn't have any rentals. I didn't have any cash flow producing properties. And he said, you're not an investor until you have some cash flow producing properties. And and so at that point, I looked at George and said, okay, what do I do here? And I listened to what George told me to do. And we went and bought 27 properties over the next two years. And we just, again, the, these are these are like these steps and these rites of passage that I had through my life. But it all comes down to being coachable and being able to take advantage of somebody else that had been there before me and being able to listen to their advice. Craig Proctor, I, um, the, when I went to his real estate seminar, we were down and out, we just lost everything. 2009, the real estate markets are absolutely in a nosedive. And I decided to go to a real estate seminar to learn how to sell real estate. And I remember I've spoke on a lot of Craig's stages and Craig has these super conferences with 2000 people and we've, and he has three of them a year and every one of them we went to for three or four years and we would speak on stage and he would use us as this example. And the, the number one thing he would tell people every time was Sean and Teresa just came in and they didn't make excuses. They didn't ask us questions. They said, okay, they looked at us and this is the, the truth. And I've told him this and this is why I tell everybody else too. I looked at him and I'm like, okay, he's the number one real estate agent in the world five out of the last 10 years. There's nothing I can teach him, but I sure as hell can learn a lot from him. And so I'm gonna listen to when he has a framework and a process that I can follow, I'm going to do it. And so we did that, right? That was the next step in our life. And then going and building a family. Like I don't, I wasn't, I wasn't in the mindset of doing that. And then I, I listened to my wife, Teresa, who was, who was super committed to that process and we ended up having that but there was the list goes on and on and on and imagine if i wasn't coachable but more importantly imagine i can't imagine where my life would be if i listened to all the excuses at the time people have excuses in every market and in everything that they do and there will be people who will who will celebrate your excuses and add fuel to those that fire but why not, instead of, like Tony Robbins says, stop being afraid of what could go wrong and start being excited about what could go right. We all have excuses, right? When I met Peter, I had no money. I could have said, well, I can't do real estate because I have no money. When I met George, I was making a lot of money with my fix and flip business. I could have said, no, I'm not going to listen to you, old man. I don't need, I don't need to listen to the, the buying passive investment real estate because I make money doing flips. When I met Craig, the real estate markets are in an absolute nosedive. Everybody's like, oh, are you crazy? I mean, the active licenses in real estate across the nation was just plummeting. People were getting rid of their licenses. They weren't jumping into this game. And we didn't look at those as excuses. We just said, okay, listen, there's somebody that knows what to do in these markets. They've been through it. People have been through it. They've been through the ups and the downs. And we can learn something here, right? That all those different excuses that we give ourselves we can either we can either 
add fuel to those that fire or we can add fuel to the fire of the possibilities of what could go right right focus on the things that can go right and focus on finding somebody that can help you with a framework and a process to follow and maybe give you a little bit of advice to kind of compress time, right? Compress that the the your learning curve a little bit because the access to coaches out there is unbelievable right now. And quit giving yourself an excuse that the market's that the market's too high right now because guys, I've been doing this for a long time and when the markets were low at the very bottom, nobody was out there saying now is the absolute time to buy. I can't believe it. I finally waited till the bottom. All those people that said the markets were too high, they didn't hit the bottom and say, okay, great, now I can buy. They had an excuse then as well. They're, they give themselves excuses throughout life. And right now we kind of have a society that that kind of celebrates excuses, right? I don't want to get on that tangent right now of you know being the victim and celebrating being a victim. You know, there's 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 hard times that many people fall on. I mean, I've, I've gone through my share of hard times and I went through and I feel like sometimes I, I can speak to the victim mode because I sat in the victim mode for six months. So I'm not, I'm not telling people that I don't understand what that's like, but nothing good comes from that. And so don't focus on the excuse. Don't focus on the market. Go figure out how to win in this market. And then if the market starts to shift, you figure out how to win in that market as well. But if it's something you want to do, you, you do it, right? And now I've been on the flip side of the coaching coin. Like uh, even with my son's basketball team, I, he's nine and I coach them in basketball. And it's amazing how the kids that are coachable, they stand out like a sore thumb. Like I can see now why Craig talked about me being coachable, why, why Reed Newey talked about me being coachable, why Peter Conti talked about me being coachable. Like it's this novel thing if because the kids that are coachable just they stand out because so few people are and now i have a coaching company and we consult people people pay us to tell them what to do and some people still question it and they're like okay i don't know if i should do this and we're like okay why'd you pay me then you know why'd you why'd you why are you listening to it, pay me for this advice if you're not going to do it just do it and then you have that flip side and i i can tell you all these people who are coachable in our group. And I'm like, man, they just, I mean, they just far exceed your expectations. I have, I can't tell you how many members I have that have bigger businesses than I do in less than a year because we're helping them and they just, they just take it and run with it. They have the framework and the process to follow and they just get after it. And it's so exciting. So really the question isn't what, how the market is or what do I think if the market, if the, if it's going up or down, it's how are you going to win in the market? And is this the market you want to play in? Pick the road you want to run down. Find a mentor who can help you, you know, get where you want to go and do what they tell you to do. And you're going to be just fine. And so, guys, that is the message I want to tell you today. I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse with the market, but I know it's a question that's in the back of a lot of your minds. Stop focusing on if the market's going to go down tomorrow or if the market's going to go up. I don't think it's going to. Nobody has a crystal ball. I don't think it's going to, and I can speak with my own actions. I'm out on the road buying houses. And so that's my opinion about the market, but I also am not worried about it because if it does go down tomorrow, we know what to do when it goes down as well. So pick the road you want to run down. Find somebody that can help you compress a little bit of time, save some, you know, save some of those mistakes that they've made, and listen to them. Be coachable, and you're going to be just fine. You're going to have the success for your, you're looking for. And guys, we're going to wrap it up today. As always, I always, always, always appreciate you. Love you for being a part of this show. If you got any value out of it at all, 
share it with somebody. We'd love that this show to grow and touch more people and have an impact on more people's lives. And so if you if it, it was impactful for you, do us a, do us a uh, solid and like it, share it, subscribe, do what you do to, to get it out there. And we'll plan on being back here same time, same place next week. Also, guys, we're starting to do on my Instagram, I'm starting to do a Tuesday question deal on the story. So if you have questions for me, go to real, um, real, at realshawnmore.com. No, not .com. Sorry, it's on Instagram. At realshawnmore on Instagram. See, that's how much I know about Instagram. But I'm going to start answering a lot of your questions. So if you have questions, post them. Put them in there. Um, the, you can actually just type them right in. There's a little uh, little post on there that they've set up that you can type the questions in and love to answer them. We'll, do, we'll even talk about some of them on the podcast, but also we'll always answer them on Instagram. So Guys, go make it a great week. We'll plan on being, I'm going to be actually be in Florida next week. So I might do a little podcast um, on the road, maybe a, maybe a little episode. I'm going to be meeting some of our clients in Destin. I'm going to look at a property we have under contract in Fort Myers. Then I'm flying into Destin and uh, we'll be meeting with some clients and some of our members down there. But regardless, we'll be back same time, same place next week. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.